you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Welcome back on in to Off the Edge with me, Cam Jordan, your host. I'm going to be sitting here talking about what we what happened week four, whether that be our loss to the Buccaneers, uh, the Khalil Mack six-sack performance, jumping to the tops of the leaderboard of NFL sack leaders from zero to six, all in one game in four quarters. He was going he was going off this weekend. We're also going to you know sit down with one of my other edge guys, my rushers, my compatriot rushers, if you will. Max Crosby. And we're just going to slide in and, and see how he feels about edge rushers. That term, that terminology, edge rusher. What is it? Is there a difference between defensive ends and outside linebackers? Edge rusher encompassing both. So come on in to Off the Edge with Cam Jordan. So let's just start off and rip this Band-Aid off. The Saints are officially 2-2. Two and two. Started off hot, two wins in. And then, you know, you lose a close, tight one to Green Bay. And you shouldn't lose those type of games. And even all that went wrong, Derek Carr getting hurt, us not putting any points up in the second half, us allowing points to be put up in the second half on defensive side. It hurts. Even with all that, there was still a chance to drive down the field behind the helm of Jameis Winston, put yourself in field goal range. One field goal, we could have been sitting three three and one. That's not the case. Or three and oh headed into this week. You know, so then we go, Tampa Bay comes down to New Orleans. And just lay an egg. I mean, three good quarters were played. You talk about our defense, what we wanted to do, put pressure on Baker Mayfield. I think Baker Mayfield made a lot of great plays, was able to slip out the pocket, elude the pocket, uh, carry some first first downs. I think that, you know, there was times where he was pressured, arms in his face, hands in his face. His body was thrown to the ground. He still made plays, still made throws. Uh, The guys like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, the like, there was times where the you know rookie, the running back White, looked good, and yet you'd still say he was averaging three under three and a half yards a, a carry. I call it a clip, if you will. At the end of the day, it just wasn't good enough. So we've got to rapidly improve. We have to turn that page on off day on Tuesday, break down that film for the incoming New England Patriots. Don't know who's going to be their quarterback. Uh, it could be Zap. It could be, you know, they could go back to Mac Jones. Uh, we got a lot of things we want to do. We got a lot of talent. We had Alva Kamara come back this last week, uh, looking special. The way he's able to go between those tackles, bounce out, bounce in. Uh, it's it's special to watch when you have guys like Mike Thomas and the snags that he had this game. Uh, you see Rashid Shahid and the speed that he brings. He's electric. And then of course, you know you can't not talk about you know our DBs who have stepped up, had an interception in in the end zone when we needed the most. Um, so it's got to be it's got to be a whole team effort, which brings us to you know what we saw around the league, where you have guys like the Seattle Seahawks, eleven sacks, even standout performances. Khalil Mack, O'Connell, looking in the middle of the field, hit, and he is dropped, sacked. Who do you think it was? <laughs> Unbelievable! The sixth sack for Khalil Mack, a new Chargers record, a loss of ten. A new individual record for Khalil Mack in a single game.
Yep. Maybe zero sacks going into the game, but it takes one game to hit the leaderboard. As Khalil Mack will show you, zero to six real quick. Man had six sacks in one game. Left side, right side, interior, exterior, pass rush, extraordinaire, speed rush, bull rush, power, whatever you want to call it. He had it all. He was in his bag. Uh, a shout out, salute to Khalil Mack doing what you do. Uh, there's a reason why, you know, that you're always in conversations of being one of the top defensive players. It's games like this. When they can't, when the offensive line can't track you, when even when they get get a hold of you, they can't really get a hold of you. Chargers had six sacks in one game, all of them. Khalil Mack. <laughs> you mentioned the Giants game, eleven sacks. Is that the defense being? Is that the Seahawks defense being that good, or the Giants offensive line that bad? There's another one. Nwosu and Daniel Jones. I mean, if, I don't know what else, as you said, he's not allowed to do anything back there because he just has absolutely no time. Come on, you talk about you talk about Seattle defense as a whole, what, two interceptions, 11 sacks. There wasn't much that the Giants could do to stop the defense. I feel like, maybe I'm biased as a defensive guy, I could care less who's at helm when things are clicking at all cylinders, when you... When you, when you have poor down linemen that are just getting sacks, when you have linebackers adding in on sacks, when you have your blitz adding in on sacks, when you have, you know, guys jumping routes, taking taking first and second reads away, you're not leaving much space to breathe for a quarterback. When a defense is rolling, pick your poison is what Seattle pretty much gave the Giants. And uh, <laughs> that poison was drink. I mean, it just is what it is. <laughs> so one other thing that happened in that game happened over the weekend – the Giants, the Chargers, the Patriots, they all tried the uh, now the infamous Eagles tush push, all failed, all three of them. So clearly it's not just, a, right, it's not just, a, it's not as easy to do. It's, it doesn't seem like if, if they're failing and the Eagles are only ones able to do it consistently, what, what does that tell you? It's Jalen Hurts. It's the Jalen Hurts effect. I I think that the Eagles tried the tush push last year against the New Orleans Saints and it didn't work with uh, Gardner Minshew, you know, Jalen Hurts is is a from what I, from what I've been told and what I've heard is is not only a great guy but he's he's a gym rat he's a muscle head you know he's one of those uh, he's one power of those lifter. yeah power lifting four five six hundred pound squatters whatever that is and clearly there's some drive there because you, you take Jalen Hurts out of there you insert Gardner Minshew you're not getting the same push you're getting the same t- you're getting the same tush push but not the same result he's not he's not as powerful. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna say you know an assisted quarterback sneak. Okay, but but if you're when you're going up against that, what's what's how do you beat it? What's the what's the plan? Your guys up front, it's always going to come down to the defensive line, right? I mean, if the defensive line, the interior can interrupt one, you know that that center trying to lean forward, the quarterback driving, you're going to have that as well. But it's it's going to be that it's going to be those nose tackles that D tackle. Hopefully in a five D line front because you've you've already signaled in you know you know exactly what play that they're that they're about to run. You got a, a you know a a three zero three which is a D tack or a nose tackle or D tackle and a in a three which is the outside shoulder of the guard or hopefully a two eye inside shoulder of the guard now taking up that A gap. Then you got a nose right next to him, and then you got a, another formidable nose or D tackle right next to him. Again, this three zero three or two I zero two I inside shades of the guard and head up on the center, you create that wall. And as long as that wall is, you know, is not moving and or pushing backwards, 
you then have the, your rally points, just like a quarterback assisted sneak tush push. I don't like this tush push reference, but <laughs> this assisted quarterback sneak he has, you know, two helpers. You have linebackers flying in as well. So there's 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 helpers versus helpers. So then it just becomes a, a game of horsepower. Who has more? So, so it's not just low, low man wins. Oh, it's going to be low man wins, but also it comes down to, you know, will, grit, and a little bit of luck. I thought, I thought you were going to say it was the it's the, the Jason Kelsey effect. Jason Kelsey? You think Jason Kelsey is moving people like that? J- Jason Kelsey is his, – his prowess is amazing. His power is decent. But he's, he's not the – nobody's ever been like, wow, that's a monster of a man. You know, Jason Kelsey is smart. He's uh, aggressive at the point of a contact. He's a, a – surefire veteran and i'm just going to say probably a hall of famer maybe because he's draft class of 2011 yeah makes sense <laughs> it's a couple of hall of famers in that draft class just a few just a few yeah, yeah yeah yeah. you know if you if you look at the draft class of 2011 which could probably be a whole nother argument in itself you figure uh the number one draft pick overall probably has a shot at the hall of fame cam newton you're right has a shot don't know if he gets in but let's just go von miller getting in um, you know, the next one you're probably going to put in is possibly Patrick Peterson. You're, mm. you know, like that's another possible. What about um, Julio you, Jones? Julio Jones is definitely in. Um, JJ Watt probably mm-hmm. in, you know, 100 and How about uh, over, over 110 sacks. A Cam Jordan, maybe? Ah, Cam Jordan's to be TBD, you know, you, you high chance that there, there's five or six. Uh, Hall of Famers. I mean, if it's up to me, sure, I'd say I'm in. But you know, you group you group myself into that that idea of edge rusher. Cam Hayward possibly gets in. You know, uh, that's like he's six. part of the Steelers. De- yeah, he's part of the Steelers defense. So you figure he's going to get in. You know, like once you've been a part of the Steelers defense for ten years, they just like look at your stats and say you're probably getting <laughs> you're in. Right. Like whether they were a hundred <laughs> sacks deep or fifty sacks deep, you're part of the quote unquote vaunted Steelers history line you're probably got a good edge for some reason Steelers get in it's the culture right it's no doubt it's the history it's the tradition it's 2011 you what do you have five or six seven it's about yeah you named about five that's just the first round five AJ Green you know yeah Justin Houston Richard Sherman you've got guys in there Jason Kelsey again Mm -hmm. come on I mean typically when when guys yeah, I mean, when guys talk about their draft class, right? You'd be like, oh, the, you know, Aaron Donald, like, what is that, 2014? And they're like, oh, his draft class was so deep. Or 2011, oh, the, you know, they're amazing. They're typically speaking about the first rounders, right? Right. And then a draft right. class, you're like, you're not, you're not just like, oh, yeah, because our third rounder here was good. Like, they're, they're additives. Like, in terms of an ice cream sundae, a draft class is judged by, the, you know, the first rounders, the ice cream. And then the second rounders, cherries. Then the third rounder sprinkles, then everything else, some random sauce. But your draft class is pretty much judged by your first round. I agree. I mean, that's I mean, a pretty strong class, like up and down. It's a lot of depth. No doubt. No doubt. A lot, lot of depth. A lot of, lot of, lot of good. You know, so a lot, lot of, of conversations. Like our, which, which is crazy, is you know, normally a, a draft class, yeah, you have your first rounders, but you're like judged for sure by your quarterbacks, right? You're like, oh, the draft class had so many excellent quarterbacks, whereas our quarterbacks sort of were like not the highlight beyond Cam Newton. Yeah, there were four that went in the first round that year. 
And some would say I'm a little biased in that too because they like messed up a little of my top 15-age in me. I went 24th overall. I'm not petty or bitter about it, you know? But like there was a Christian Ponder. Then there was a Blaine Gabbard. Yep. And, you know. Jake Locker was the other one. Jake Locker, 10. Do you remember who went right before you? No, a 23? Phil, T- no. It was a it was it was a Canadian f- that went to Philadelphia. I'll give you a hint. He played guard. Yeah, went to Baylor. Danny Walk. Danny yeah. Watkins from ding, Baylor. Ding 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 ding. Yeah, yeah. Who's a Canadian fireman from Baylor? And I specifically remember him because I was, you know, that uh, 2011 was a different year. It was a lockout year ish, um, in terms of guys. The previous year, you know. First rounders were getting all their money. You know, that was the, uh, was that Matt Stafford's last year? Uh, that was in Dominican Sioux. That was Jared of McCoy. The, the outrageous bonus. Man, of the amazing bonuses that guys earned and deserved by playing excellent in college, which we thought we were getting that in 2011. You know, the previous oh, 24th overall pick, Des Bryant, uh, his contract was like 15 and change, right? Cam Jordan's contract at 24th overall, seven and, and mid, seven, seven. Some would say half. As he scrunches his half. face, saying it a year a year later, half, half, half. No, you're not, half. You're not bitter about that. At no, all. it's it's at cool. All. Like it's it's fine. It's like oh, I'm gonna buy my mom a house. Next contract, <laughs> <laughs> not this one, not this one. Um, you know, just you're gonna pay off student loans with the first one, right? And yeah, then, the two, 2011. <laughs> you know, God is good because I was blessed enough to to you know go to the University of California Berkeley and you know see my teammate Tyson Olulu go 10th overall to Jacksonville the year before. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm just as good as him. Like, I feel like I, I we have comparable stats where I like we're comparable ish. Like he's probably more of an inside interior guy. And I'm just like an edge guy and I got to the league and they've tried to make me an interior guy. So I was more like Tyson than I thought. You were the sixth defensive end taken in the first round. That, that makes perfect sense. I mean, come on. There was, just quote unquote edge or D lineman. I mean, there was Von Miller, right? Goat status. There was Alden Smith, fastest to 45 sacks before Daniil Hunter, I believe, before TJ Watt. Um, so Alden Smith to the Niners, which I was like, yo, Cal Bears, Niners, Cam Jordan, that makes sense. No, they went Alden Smith, not a bad choice. You know, Justice Smith was anchoring that 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 uh, D line, that Smith. From Missouri, Mizzou combo was amazing. Um, then you had JJ Watt at eleven. Yep. You know, then you had Ryan Kerrigan, ninety-five and a half career sacks, ninety-six and ninety-six sacks in his 95 career. Ninety-five and a half. Bow. Ninety-five and a half career sacks. Then after uh, after that, I was like, "Yo, it's definitely." I was like, "Yo, it's time." I was I was sort of eyeing like after after TJ or after JJ went. I was like, hmm, Cowboys sound decent. Then they went Tyron Smith. And I was like, no, no, that makes sense. Hall of Famer. Um, out of USC, gone against Tyron Smith. My, pretty much my whole college career was like, no, he's really good. He deserves that. And then you talk about um, after that, it was, I was like, all right, here we go. San Diego. We talked, we, we, we had some inklings that San Diego was going to be it. Oh, Corey, legit out of <laughs> Illinois. And I was like, okay. All right, we're getting a little nervous. But you know what? I had gone to Tampa Bay, and I had felt really good at 20. 
Looked at my mm. agent. My agent was like, yeah, bro, you crushed that. I went to Tampa Bay, talked to uh, Coach Raheem Moore, and he was head coach at the time. And I was like, yeah, he he vibed with me. I vibe with him. I was like, they got Jared McCoy. I was like, they got a stacked D-line. I was like, yo, Tampa Bay, let's ride. They need it. They need a defensive end. And as, you know, a 21-year-old in the green room in New York, when you bring your family up to, for the first round to get selected and your agent has told you you're supposed to go top 15, I was like, 20. I said, as low as she goes. I was like, all right, fellas. Tampa Bay it is not, actually, because they went Adrian Claiborne out of the University of Iowa. Good player. Good player. And then there was, might have been Phil Taylor from Baylor. Wow. Or Muhammad nice. Wilkerson. No, you were right. Phil Taylor. Yeah. Phil Taylor from Baylor. Another Baylor product. Man, he was kind, silent, and a dog in college. I wish... You know, wish we had a chance to team up. Maybe like brought him in for a workout one time. I got to say what's up to my dog. And then he was out of there. But uh, he was a monster in college. Yep. And then uh, Muhammad Wilkerson might have been right after me. So. Nope. James Carpenter. That's the offensive lineman. I was thinking straight def- defensive lineman. Oh, D-line, you know? yes. Okay. D- yeah, defensive lineman. Okay. Um, but yeah, there was, there was James Carpenter. He was a guard out of Alabama. Then Danny Watkins. And then yours truly which means Muhammad Wilkerson was after me, but there was a lot of D linemen. Then there was Cam Hayward right at the top of the top of like end of the first round. Yep. 31. Was he the last first round pick or no, it was, it was the no. green Bay, green Bay Packers, Mississippi state office of linemen, Derek Sherrod or something like that. Yep. So that's the thing guys really remember. Like no, all the guys not against, at all. That's a thing. No, okay. that's not. It's not a thing. It's like, well, do you guys have a wall? Do you have a wall that you keep of things? You... No. Uh, you know, because at, at pick like, was it the Giants was like 19th or 21st, something like that. My guy, Prince of Mucamara. 19. Prince of Mucamara out of, out of Arizona. We, my year in high school, we were going against, it was me, him, Everson Griffin, and like a center that ended up going to USC or something like that. That was like going up for Arizona player of the year, clearly Arizona boys. So, you know, like you, you gotta, you, you have like these small stories that keep you in, intrigued and entranced, you know, my best, my best friend was from that draft class, Mark Ingram, pick 28. I was doing my interviews. And by the time I was doing my interviews in New York, you know, my guy, Mark Ingram gets drafted. And I was like, say what? Did you guys know each other? No, then? not at all. Met in the elevator. Just said, what's up? You know, I'd heard, you know, clearly I heard of him. I don't know if he had heard of me, but like, you know, Heisman Tramp, Heisman Trophy winner. He was the first one to throw the the uh, the double, the imprinted gloves, sticky gloves mm. up with, with the Alabama. On. Like he was the first one to like really put his school on his hands after you scored a touchdown. Iconic. Deuce, 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 deuce is loose. Alabama, the first Alabama Heisman Trophy winner, Mark Ingram. Wouldn't be the last, but for sure the first. Help bring, yeah. you know. That the idea of title town back to Alabama, but it's like it's, it's stories like that, you know. Prince of Mucamara, we're on the plane ride over from Arizona to New York, and his father was like, "My son, Prince, first round pick, top ten, top ten. And you know, my dad was like, "Oh yeah, no doubt." And he was just like, "You could feel the pride there," you know. You I want to get your thoughts on? So there's a lot of buzz around Rodney Harrison's comments on Zach Wilson after the game against the Chiefs, and he called him garbage. And if you watch the interview with Chris Jones, he talked to after the game, he was. it sounded like he was trying to bait him to agree with the fact that he doesn't think, Rodney Harrison, that is, 
Zach Wilson is a good NFL quarterback. So just, I mean, garbage, garbage is a very hot take. And that's a strong stance to take as, as an NFL player to a, a former NFL player to a, a NFL player of this day and age. Right. Now, granted, Rodney Harrison, there's a reason why you have to respect what he says, because he had over 30 interceptions, right? Probably 20, 30 sacks. Rodney Harrison was an all pro. So if he says what he sees or try to bait you into something, I'd, I'd ask for more explanation. Uh, but that being said, man, like Zach Wilson has the arm, clearly. You know, you guys go to combine, show off their talents. Zach Wilson was one of those. You know, everybody remembers the little rollout bomb that he threw. And you saw Malik Willis, Malik Willis do the same thing and whatever that is. But trash, trash is too strong of a word, especially for a young quarterback. Like he's he could be seven, eight years in and he could still be growing. Quarterbacks don't really hit their prime until what, like you're like where they get like really accurate, really good, really when you get the the chunk of their career is like that year eight to 13 for a quarterback. So I just I just feel like that's 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 harsh. There's definitely quarterbacks that have more room to improve and there's quarterbacks that are not as good as Zach Wilson. But when you see, you know, when you see commentators drop hot takes. There's a reason, you know, hot takes are dropped. It's clickbait. We could continue talking about speculation, accusations, if you will, all day um, about he said, he said, she said, we said, all I know is the Saints need to get these wins uh, any way they come. And they come in bunches, so I need them to group together. Uh, we're going to continue to talk about edge rushers and maybe favorite pass rush moves. But one of my favorite pass rushers is coming up next. Stay tuned. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm sitting here as it off the edge with Cam Joy because I'm a defensive end off the edge. You know what I'm saying? If we're going to talk about more than just me, we're going to bring in my guy, Max Crosby. We're talking about Dog, underrated still somehow. Bro, Pressure King, I met him. This was rookie year, Max Crosby, after the season at an NFL honor show, sitting next to him, really got to talk to my guy, and he became my dog. We sort of have similar agents. We have agents on the same team. It's like we're on the same side. We wrote the, the amount of uh, defensive end talks we have, just the, the respect I have for a guy like you, Max. Um, it speaks volumes. I mean, you got 40 sacks, 40 sacks change, uh, been in the league. For a few years, but that being said, bro, you've been here. Like they say, the NFL is not for a long time, but a good time, bro. You have made the most out of these five years, bro. Have been going crazy, not only from stat wise, but all pro, Pro Bowl player, leader on the on the Raiders. They call you Mad Max. 
not just not just your rapper name. You're off the edge defensive line persona, bro. I appreciate you for tapping in with me, bro. No, I appreciate you, bro. And you know the love goes both ways. You've been an OG for me um, since day one. So, like you said, we got ton of connections, all the same people in the same circle. We know all the same people from Vaughn, you know, working at his camps and on and on and on and on. So uh, I appreciate you, bro. And in your career, and I, you know, I don't say this about many people, but like, there's a lot of guys, you know, from like you and Vaughn, y'all set the, you know, the platform and, and the blueprint for how to do it. And uh, you give me a ton of inspiration. So just being here is, is an honor, bro. So I appreciate you. Perfect, bro. I appreciate it. Bro, I just want to like, I'm going to open it up because I talk about it a lot. This idea that there's defensive ends and there's edge rushers. And you just brought up me and Vaughn, same draft class, 2011. Vaughn, yeah. edge rusher. Me, defensive end. You know what I'm saying? Like, where do you, yeah. where do you sit in this convo? Because they, they plug all of us together now. Yeah. Outside linebacker, quote, unquote, your jacks, your wheels are sometimes now edge rushers. And I'm like, oh, he, he can't do what I do. Yeah. No, I feel that. You know, honestly, like you said, like they try to just like – put everybody into that edge category but I think you're right you know at the end of the day the edge position is it comes in so many different ways you know shapes and sizes so that's what I think is the most special position because you could have a guy who's 5'10 260 and can rush the hell out of the passer and set an edge but then you could have a 6'6 dude that's you know tall and lanky that can still get the job done but in a different way so you know for me I don't you know I don't like to put anybody in a box you know for me like I said, like I want to be the best all-around defensive end from pass all, rushers, all front stop in the run. I play, you know how I, I'm like you. I play every freaking snap. Like that's how I how I carry myself. So like I don't want to be just known as a pass rusher or just a run stopping guy. Like I want to be the best overall. So that's you know that's how I how I look at it. I gotta be the best overall, bro. Like, but yeah. I'm here to put, like don't get it twisted. I'm here to play this run first. Yeah, Me, no, I, I'm sitting edge. Yeah, hundred percent, bro. Wait, what, what do you prefer, a four-eye, which is, you know, that inside shade of a tackle, or do you prefer that five, which is outside shade of tackle, or even a nine? Oh, yeah. No, I'll leave the, you know, I'll leave the four-eye to you. But for me, you know, I'm playing, I like playing in a five, a six, a seven, nine technique. You know, that's me. I like being on the edge at all times. No question. You know, you got, you're weighing like 280. I don't, I'm, I'm like 260, 262. Man. You know what I mean? I don't need Man. to be in that four-eye. But I'll do it. You know, I've done it before. Right. I prefer to be on the edge. At a high level. For sure, we all have our preferences. Me, yeah. I mean, I want I really want to be a six eye. Like if I could line up inside of a yeah. tight end, yeah. I'm really, I'm really putting hands on a tight end. Like that's when I'm like, <laughs> I'm trying to choke somebody out. Like, and I get that yeah. rage in me. I'm like, yeah, him, I gotta get him. Yeah. Oh, nice. but bro, I, I, I play that four eye too. Like it's it is what it is. This is a different mindset, bro. When you think about first, second down, then I think about third down, like that's where, like, that's how I attack the lines, right? I'm not yeah. thinking like, hey, pass play, pass play, unless unless like an offensive line is giving hints or you know like a formation like four outs is is typically a pass play. Like yeah. I'm thinking like, all right, back off set, he coming my way, and I like I got that smile on me. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh. I'm like, yo, they coming my way. Let's do this, stutter punch, whatever it is, let's ride. When you think about what it takes to be a defensive end, have you ever thought about like the characteristics, what it takes? Not just, yeah. not just like, oh, you got to be long, you got to be tall. Because you've seen Jerry Jerry Hughes do it. You've seen Nick Perry do it. You've yeah. seen Kayvon Thibodeau, whatever it is. What do you think is the characteristics of a, of a good defensive end? You know, I think, you know, the characteristics you got to have, like you talked about, is having that dog mentality. I think that's what separates, you know, the good players from the great players. And like you said, you can go to an NFL combine. Guys can run a 4-4, look like the biggest Leonidas on the planet. But once you put pads on, you're like, like what the f- 
is this? You know, sorry, I don't just, know if I can hey, nah, you could, bro, like, Yeah, you can, bro. Like, just sitting yeah, there like, but like, you see it all the time. Like Tarzan, but he played like Jane. Like, that's a real, that's a real, like a real sentence. Because you'd be like, bro, he look, he look like he major. And get in yes. there every mid. He'd be like, that don't make no sense. It, it doesn't make sense. But that's what, it, you know, when you talk about mentality, they got to have that dog in them. Like, that's something you can't determine by looking at somebody at a combine. Like, that really comes from watching the film on somebody. I feel like that's the most important thing. You got to watch film and see who's willing to put their nose in it, you know, and, and, Freaking go ahead, you know, bull rush, have all the mixture of combinations, but be relentless at the same time, chasing the ball, flying to the ball. I think the things that require no talent are the most important thing to play the edge position. Um, the other shit on top of it, obviously, we're all NFL players, so you got to have the ability to rush and bend and do all those things. But I think the most important thing is just having that relentless, you know, I'm not going to stop. Nobody's going to outplay, you know, outwork me during the game. I think that's what, you know, separates, you know, the, the great players from the good ones. Man, facts. Do you think sometimes, like, the way I talk crap on, like, y'all, you know I talk crap. The way yeah. you talk crap on the field, the, the passion, the love that we have for the game, like, it feels like yeah. when we win, they'll be like, that's how you're supposed to play the game. But when we lose, like, that's when you feel like media sort of, like, be attacking you. Be like, oh, yeah. you have to be that. Like, what do you mean? Like, this is who I am as a monster, bro. Like, do yeah. you feel like sometimes your your passion as a competitor gets misconstrued by other people? Yeah, and definitely. Does it, you, know, you let that affect you? <laughs> no, I don't let it affect me. I'm always going to be me. You know, I definitely take some, you know, I feel like more recently in the past like year, I've taken a lot of heat just from like, you know, they released the quarterback thing where they see me like going after Mahomes and talking, messing with them. And like, everyone's like, oh my God, he's an asshole. He's a jerk. And then they see me like, they released a mic'd up and I was like, I, I took our tight end like 20 yards off the ball and just body slammed them just to set the tone. And like, they're like, this dude's an asshole. But, like, I love that because that's who I am. Like, I, it's not – they're just getting to see it now. But, like, that's who I am as a player. My, my mentality is, like, I don't care who's in front of me. I'm, I'm going to talk my – I'm going to try to get in their head and I'm going to try to make them feel less than what they are. You know, they might be a good player. I want to make them feel average. So that's what Man. I try to do on a play-to-play basis. So if they don't like it, that's not my problem. You know? Right. Somebody brought that up. They're like, is Max like that? I was like, Max, that dude. I was like, yeah, he's supposed to be like that. Like, what do you what do you want me to do? You want me to be like the Andrew Luck of a defensive end? Like, yeah, get you like, hey, I'll see you next time. <laughs> yeah, oh. I can't do that, bro. I'm going to be 100% me. If you don't like it, you don't like it. But the people that love me, they love me for that. So it's like Fact. the ones that love me, you know, I, that's all that matters to me. I don't get it. You think we're all friends? Like, I'm not supposed to like the offensive lineman I'm going against. I think he's no. fat, slow, and I think he can't mess with me. That's the reason why I'm on the edge, and he's out. He's in this position that he's in. He's 100%. a he's he's a kid that grew up eating hella candy and snacks at middle of the night. <laughs> Play Fortnite, <laughs> Call Play of Duty. <laughs> eating, a, you know, drinking a, a coke, sitting there. Absolutely. Sitting there, you know what I mean? Popcorn. And he says, and he says things like, "I'm athletic." Are you? Because you're the only one telling yourself that you're athletic, you know, <laughs> like you're not supposed to be friends, bro. Like, I don't get it. Like, you know, when we talked to Vaughn this past year and Vaughn was like, man, you know, I like to I like to get to know my, the officer lineman. I'll be going against a guy and I'll be like, hey, man, how's your day? Oh, man, yeah. man, I saw you had kids. How's your kids, man? I ain't never asked none of that. <laughs> See, for me, no, it's funny you say that because like there's mo like majority of the time, like I'm going to be on that with whoever it is, like just to get myself going. Like, but yeah. there's some guy like. I feel like it's different, you know, when it comes to the old linemen. Like, there's some old linemen who, like, even a Garrett Bowles, for instance. Like, my first couple of years in the league, like, me and him would match up twice a year. And, like, we were going, like, we were damn near fighting every play. And we're talking shit and going at it, going at it. And then, like, by the end of my second year, we played each other for, like, the fourth time. And he started walking across the field. And, like, we were getting personal. Like, the shit 
it was going there. I'm like, all right, I'm ready to fight. I already know what it's about to be. And he walked up to me and I'm like, this is after the yeah, game. It is what it is. Like, We're fighting right now. And he's like, bro, I love you, bro. I'm going to just say that. Like, I respect the fuck out of you. He was like, at the end of the day, he's like, you're, you bring it more than anybody. Like he just had a lot of good shit to say, bro. But like, that's for me, I, that was a cool ass moment. So like every time I see him now, like he, he always sees me. He's like, I fucking love you, bro. And then yeah. it's, and then, you know what I mean? It's like, there's no talk. How did Duke's up? So like, yeah. So every, you know, every situation is different and uh, you know, it is what it is. But for me, like I'm always trying to find that edge, whether it's, you know, talking or whatever I got to do to, to get that. Man, I mean, but that competitiveness—that's what makes you like great. Like I don't like I said, I don't want to like you. I don't want to. No. We can, I can like you outside the lines. In between these yeah, lines, right. <laughs> you are an obstacle. You're a speed bump. Your little your job is literally to stop me from getting to where I'm trying to go. Yeah, like 100%. if you if I'm trying to get out the gate of community, guess what I got to get out to get out of there. Like the speed bump. And guess what that off speed the line bump. is? A speed bump. So hey, man, break hey, that thing man. down, man. I'm trying to get in there, yeah. bro. But. Bro, but that's what it sort of takes for me to get to the process for you. You, bro, you worked all the way through. So the leadership that you have now, the locker room's in a good place between you guys like Devontae Adams. Tell me that leadership process, especially for a guy like, you know, Devontae who had to come in and be cultivated to the to the Raiders style of play or bring his culture on to you, that leadership between you and him. Because I see it on the field. I see he chirps, you chirp, your defense, your offense responds. When you guys like talking like that leadership qualities that you guys have, tell me, tell me a little bit about that in the locker room. Yeah, no doubt. You know, uh, you know, you nailed it right on the head. You know, Devontae, um, he's, you know, he's like, I think this is 10th year. You know, he's close to you. He's been in the league for a long time now. And he, the dude is elite at what he does. And at the same time, he brings that energy, um, no matter if it's practice or game day. And he's always doing extra. So when you have a guy that's a first, you know, three years in a row, first team all pro, and he's also one of your hardest workers, like there's nothing you could say. So like guys are going to naturally follow. And that's why I work the way I work. You know what I mean? I'm always, I'm staying on guys' ass, especially the young guys. Like I make people uncomfortable sometimes and I try to push them out of their comfort zone. But like for me, you know, I've, it's taking years to earn that right. And like for now, you know, now that's what leadership's all about is I want to bring the guys with me. I want them, you know, they might not get up to my level right out the gate, but it's going to take time. And if they can go from here to here, then I've done my job. And if I can bring all the guys with me, that's, that's what I can do. That's so a, like, that's a plan. That's how I push it, bro. Like, yeah, I just want to make, you know, so everybody's different. And, you know, and I learned this from Coach Marinelli, too. He told me, he's like, you know, what makes a coach great is, uh, you know, being able to adapt to all your different players. Because, certain, you know, every guy's different. Certain players tick a certain way. Some guys, you know, need to get mother sometimes, and that's how they get going. And some guys, you got to be nice to them. And then that's – so it's like I try to learn and really know who my guys are as people. And we do D-line dinners every week. Like, they'll come to the house. I'll have chefs come. And we'll, you know, just kick it and, like, do stuff like that. So I can really learn who the person is because you can't go and motherfuck somebody and you don't even know what their child's what, name what, is. What school you went name. to. What, yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, that's, that's a problem. They'd be like, fuck you. I don't want to, you know, I'm not going to listen to that. But if I have a real relationship with them, then, you know, you can there's, go. Then, then there's a reason, like, he's receptive because he's like, bro, he cares about me as a person. So he wants me to be the best version of me. 100%, bro. And that's that's how I, how I lead. And our locker room's great, bro. I love the guys. And we have a lot of good people and a lot of hard workers. So, yeah, we just got to, you know, keep rolling and, and get this thing on board.
when it comes down to it, clearly you've earned the, the love, respect, and accolades that you've gotten and earned it each and every step of the way, bro. The way you play has been phenomenal. The way you get out the stacks, I'm like I'm like, yo, like, you have to get out the stacks. I'm like, bro, you think you could be an all pro without getting out the stacks? I'm like, bro, you watch Matt, you watch Max, he's mad Max on Sundays. He's going crazy. You're chasing things down, you're running things down. And now we got your former quarterback, Derek Carr. He talks so highly of you. He's like, bro, he, you might be the only person that runs just as much as as Max does after practices or whatever yeah. it is. He's like, bro, I always see you running. He's always running. I'm like, absolutely. I was like, dude's a dog for a reason. He earns it. But that being said, bro, it's also put you in a spot to what, – what were you this year on, on ESPN, 17? Yeah, 17, yeah. Does that motivate you at all? Does that affect you at all? Like, for me, I'm like, bro, it's just another year. Like, there's years when I was like, oh, I know I'm top 20 and been number 99. And there's years that I've, all right, like, I'm probably top, I might be bottom 50 this year and been as high as, like, 30-something. It just depends. But does it affect you or motivate you? Um, Honestly, it motivates me. Like, for me, I don't like having anybody have anything, like, over me. If, if I, you know what I mean? If I'm first in pressures and first in TFLs and first, like, there's always going to be something that I'm trying to find that somebody has over me. And, like, that shit will bother me until I get back out there and try to get closer to that. So, like, I use things like that as motivation, you know, more than anything. And like, that's just like how my mind works. I'm ultra competitive no matter what I'm doing. And like, yeah, I want to be the number one player. Like I was ranked 17th, you know, by my peers as a player in the NFL. Like just thinking about that, you know, five years ago, if you would have told me I'm in the top 20, like in the league and that's in the world, like that's crazy. But at the end of the day, like now where I'm at, like there's always more. And like, I got that from coach Marinelli. Like he texts me damn near every single day to this day. And he's retired 75 years old. I don't know what the hell he's doing in his lab, but he's, he always texts me. It's more and improve. Like those are the two words he always is preaching to me. He's like, you're, there's always more to do and there's always room for improvement. And like, you have to find what that is every single day. So like, for me, that's how my brain works. Like I could have a good game. I could have a bad game, but like, I'm always going to find the things I got to get better at and apply that into my practice and preparation the next week. So that's what I feel like the consistency part is like so big for me. And what's taking my game to the next level is like never getting content or too high or too low. It's like, all right, I'm going to stay right here, even keeled and just build off of it every single week. And that's how you put together a great season is not, you know, riding the roller coaster. You just got to, you know, let the certain things, you know, how, you know, how you tick, you know, I know how I tick, you know, how you tick. So like for me, I'm going to find that and use it for a positive. That mentality has changed, bro. Even even in the last, what, five years ago you were a rookie to now, bro? Yeah. What was that, like two or three years ago when you were like, bro, like I'm I'm getting all these pressures, but I'm like the sacks aren't where they're supposed to be. And we yeah. talked about it. You were like, bro, like, mm-hmm. like how do I? I was like, bro, what do you? I was like, it all comes around, bro. Like, if you're getting pressures, that means you're getting closer. As long yeah. as you, you, as long as, I don't even remember the whole conversation. I was like, bro, as long as you're hunting, like eventually, if you keep stabbing at it, you're you're going to draw blood. You know you're what I'm saying? Draw like, blood. No, for real. <laughs> you, you took off after that, bro. But like, yep. does that that competitive edge you have, that chip, if you will, does that also come from not I'm saying a smaller school, but like you going in the you know middle of the draft that that fourth round draft pick? Is that an extra added mentality from like I didn't come from nothing, but like they didn't they didn't respect me the way they were supposed to? Yeah, you know, I always I, I've always felt like I've been slept on, and I feel like I've always had to go above and beyond to like prove my worth. I know it's a part of my journey, you know, like being, you know, I've been with the Raiders, you know, we've had, you know, three out of four years, we haven't made the playoffs and it's been a struggle. Like I was a fourth round pick. I had one offer coming out of high school. Like I've always had to go above and beyond and do what I do, but it's like, that's what makes me who I am. And like, I love it. I wouldn't change it for anything. And like, it is hard because I feel like, you know, I don't always have the greatest, you know, deck of cards, but at the end of the day, 
that's what makes me who I am because I've always found a way. Like I've never, I'd never quit. Like no matter if I start something, I'm gonna finish it. And that's how I approach every single day. So like, I love when people doubt me. I love when they tell me, Oh, he's not like, even last year, like I thought I should have been an all pro like that. I thought about that all year. And like, you know, when you play at lineman and like you have a good game and they'll come out and be like, Oh, he got locked up. He didn't get a sack, blah, 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 blah. And then they'll show two clips of you getting blocked. And like, you kill them the rest of the time. Like, I, bro, that shit sits in my mind. Like, I don't want anybody to have anything, anything over me. Like so, like, that's what it is for me, bro. It's every single day. Like, I'm just, I'm just competitive as shit. Like, it doesn't matter if I'm playing 2K or if I'm hanging in the back talking with the guys. Like, I, it doesn't matter. I don't want anybody to have anything over me. And like, that's, that's what pushes me every single day. That's that's that one when you go against offensive linemen and you beating them outside, inside, through, and you're coming right there at the quarterback, bro. Like, I'm like, yeah. there was, there was times this last two games, I'm just like literally feeling the lace on the ball as it's being launched. And I'm like, and they're like, oh, the tackle played good against you. Yeah, bro. That's and you, like, me alive, bro. You're like, you're like, bro, like, it was me. Like, I didn't get there, but yeah. you know, that's on me. It's not him. He didn't stop me. Either whether it was a quick, quick release, whatever it was, like, but do you think some of that is like instinct versus technique? Like, yo, like you, when you're looking at your film for your spin move, that quarterback stepping up and you have a hand on a shoulder and he slips out of there, I know you've talked about stretch and flexibility, grip strength. Like, yeah. what what do you think it is to finish in those plays? I think it's a combination. You know, you got to have, like, I think that's, you know, the difference between a pressure. Like, you can get pressures, you know, they count hurries and, you know, pressure. They're all combined. So, like, yeah, if the ball's gone in two seconds and you're beating them in one and a half, like, you can't do anything about that, but you're winning the rush. Like, that's what it really comes down to. If you're winning a high percentage of rushes and you have natural football instincts and you're reading your keys, you're playing with pad level, you're working your that you work in practice like guys like me and you like bro we've been pro bowlers like we trust our moves and we think we know they're going to work if we trust them and do them the right way and our pad level is right and our eyes are right and our cell is right like all that matters so like for me going into the game I'm trusting that process like I'm gonna break down the film I'm gonna see what I can do better from the week before and like I'm gonna start looking at my opponent how can I beat this guy how can I dissect them and like for me it's not just like you know when you talk about like finishing that's finishing just, you know, every little detail matters. And like, I talk about from practice to the weight room, like the grip strength thing. Like I do grip after every workout now, like I've done it for years now, just because of that extra grab and like, Wait, which, which, have, which, like which one, do, which one do you do? Do you have, do you have like the, the, the hand machines or do you like, I, I do my type. grip strength where like I hold, I hold the 45 pound, what is it? 22 kilo yeah. weights. And I do that for time. Or yeah. then like I started a couple of years ago, uh, our D line coach introduced like flipping these things. So yeah. now I'm like flipping and catching. And like yeah. I'm like on a Thursday, I'm like flipping catching these 45 pound weights, just like eh. in those those weeks that you don't have, you're like, yeah, all right, all right. Well, it's because I jam my finger. I'm not building an yeah. excuse, but like gotta go just back to holds. What would be your favorite grip strength exercise, would you say? Yeah, I would say my favorite, like we do a ton, ton of different ones. Like today we had like the fat grippers on, which are hard as hell. And you do it with kettlebells and like you can't fully grip them, you're just shaking. Um, oh, but like I don't my, know about this. What do you wait? Wait, explain. I ain't got I'll, no. I'll, I, send, I'll send it to you, bro. Me a picture, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's different. But um, honestly, it's a my kettlebell favorite. with what, like 35, 40 pounds? No, you get like it's sixty. I'll say sixty pound kettlebell. Okay. And you do like you do like sessions. So you do like thirty seconds with it, with it, and then twenty seconds with a heavier weight, and then you do like towel holds. So you wrap it around the kettlebell and you hold with the towel, and it's heavy. Like, bro, I got I got some shit for you. I'll send hey, it to hey, you. But, hey. Bro, my guy, I I'm, willing, his, I'm willing to learn. I like bro, I'm tricks. telling you, Rick Slate, my guy in here in the train, uh, he's one of my 
he's like the main guy who works out with me. He's my puts me through every workout. The dude, yeah, is you don't you don't stop working creative. out, bro. Hey, he's an OG, bro. He's okay. an OG, and he gets well, it right. So you going through prison workouts, yard workouts. <laughs> what he has me screaming, like cussing him out. I'm so mad. It hurts so bad, but it, it pays off in the end. I'm not gonna lie, bro. Like you surprised me. Uh, what was that? This past Pro Bowl when we were talking, like, bro, I'm, I'm working out here every day still. Like, I, like there is no shutdown for me in the off season. Is there a shutdown period? When do you recoup the bod? Like for me, I have to like I got to get away, fam. Like I disappear for like a month. <laughs> Like, yeah, no, no, we're not working out, no running. Like, I got to eat, love my family, love me. When I'm in football season, I'm not necessarily like the greatest. I don't think I'm the greatest dad, husband, brother, no. anything. I'm like, yo, it's Thursday. So Thursday through Sunday, I'm locking the hell in. Like, I don't even like to do media by Wednesday-ish. Friday, like, don't ask me. Saturday, mm -hmm. I am so locked in. I'm like, I got things I have to do on Sunday. I'm yeah, not a good I person Sunday. That. I'm coming in with bad intentions. When do you get away and become... You know, like Daddy Max, baby girl, yeah. gotta love you. Yeah, no, honestly, bro, like this was after my third year and fourth year, like, or no, it was after my second year and third year. I would start after the Super Bowl. That's when I would start training. And this year, you know, we didn't make the playoffs. And, you know, I talked to my strength coach. I talked to my nutritionist, all this. And he was like, hey, we're going to start January 30th this year. And this is why we're going to ease, you know, ease into the process. Boom, 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 boom. He broke it down to me. I, you know, I have a team of people that all, you know, collaborate and communicate here with the Raiders. So um, it was great. And I started you January your, You got your own team of people? Max. Yo, hey, I'm, I'm here. I'm here by myself. You know what I mean? <laughs> when, you, when you're here by yourself, you get everybody. You get all the resources. So, yeah, you know, we started January 30th. And I so, yeah, I took like two and a half weeks off and I was back rolling. But I was still meal prepping even after the season. And like, I always want to stay in shape and no matter what I hate, there's nothing worse than going and put eating like shit for two weeks and you have to drop weight. And then you're just wasting weeks of work and, you know, time you can improve by trying to cut weight and then get back into shape. So like for me, I want to be in shape all year round. So like, that's how, that's how it is for me. It's really, it's really all year round. Man. I said, that's what it takes, bro. Like if that's, if yeah. that's what your vibe is, that's crazy work to me. Cause I'm like, yo, I got to get away. Like I'm eating, yeah. I'm eating. No, I'm like I, that little fat kid, bro. I like, I got to hey, eat, eat well, will drink say well that. and come back. And I'm like, <laughs> Hey, right. the weekends I'm eating good in the off season. I will say that my Saturdays, I'm getting my cheat meal. I'm getting Chipotle for lunch. I'm going to eat something for dinner. But like, besides that, you know, I, Ooh, you know that one day a week cheap. No, 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 no. Off season. Like a month, fam. Like you know, you you know this offseason. I went to I went to Spain for two and a half months. Oh yeah. I, I yeah. didn't start working out to that like last month and a half. That first month I was there, I needed all of it. You know, big a bit of jamon, the big big steaks. Um, what? Chilaquiles, cortones. I need all of it. I was like, yo, run that <laughs> twice. I love my kid, it. my kids were looking at me like, daddy's fluffy. Yeah, he is. Damn right, I am. <laughs> yeah, I, he is. I worked hard to be fluffy, and then yeah, I'm gonna get back right. right. All right, three quick questions. I'll get you out of here, bro. I said 25 yep. minutes. So you gone over 25 minutes. That's yeah, you're good. <laughs> hey, bro, what's your favorite cheat meal? Favorite cheat meal? Um, Don't tell me you're a Chipotle guy. Come on, come on. I, I was going to say, that's just so easy for me to say it. <laughs> but I'm going to say this. It like, this is my prison. Like, if I was in prison, like, they're like, you have one meal left. I'm going yeah. chicken fried steak with mashed potatoes, cream cord, gravy, all that. Like, straight murders, murder scene. Hey, yeah. Fav favorite uh, other edge rusher? Edge rusher to watch. Ooh, um, I'm gonna say that's, that's there's a lot of them. That's what I'm saying. Take, 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 I'm gonna take say Cam TJ. Jordan and you. I'm gonna say of, TJ. You're going TJ, okay? Yeah, yeah I'm a little, little, okay, to a little what? All right, and then 
No, I'm not going to do this to you. Who, favorite teammate? <laughs> favorite teammate? I got a lot. I love them all, but I'm going to have to say, I'm going to say Devontae. Devontae. Okay. Okay. That was no cop question. Devontae cop is my guy. We're like, I'll, that's like my brother. Okay. Okay. Love last last question. Favorite tattoo and you're done. Favorite tattoo Favorite you got? Because when I first met you, you had a little bit. Now you got the boy everything. everything. <laughs> I'm going to say my daughter. I got my daughter right here. So, yeah. Hold it down for Ella, no question. Absolutely appreciate you, bro. Hey, you 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 a monster, bro. You becoming a legend of the game. Like, keep on pushing, keep on pressing. I appreciate you tapping in with me, bro. Yeah, we'll text later, bro. But I, I appreciate yeah. you for getting in. Appreciate you, bro. You're a legend. I think it's interesting. You brought up twice now the last two weeks the difference between defensive ends and edge rushers. It's because Judon's an edge guy. Can't put his hand in the ground like that. What, well, what's the difference? If there's a uh, a grunt, that's what a defensive end is. If there's a, a sniper, that's what an outside linebacker is. They get the easier job, you know? Like, if we talk about it, if, like, even with Max, how we talked about a four-eye versus a six-eye, if I'm a defensive end, I may be enclosed, trapped between a, a, a guard and a tackle because I'm playing the inside of a tackle. I also could play the edge of this tackle, which means I could be enclosed by the tight end. An edge guy, like a TJ Watt, you're never going to see him inside of a tackle unless it's a quote-unquote pass rush and he's just shooting the gap. You're going to see him on the edge of a nine, which is outside the, outside the tight end, head up, and rarely inside of. Now, if he is on the edge, again, he could be that on, on an open side of a tackle. But he's not doing dirty work. He's a finesse player. He's going to swim. He's going to shoot the gap. He's going to do everything else. Me, defensive ends, you got to hold that gap. You got to set the edge through the through a B gap sometimes. You have to reset the line of scrimmage. Edges, they're fun. They're, they're diamonds. You find a diamond, you have a diamond. Defensive ends, we're like pearls. You got to dive. You may die trying to be a defensive end. You know what I'm saying? Like You got you to work for our shit. We might, in fact, might not even be a pearl. Might be an abalone. You, you got a free dive. <laughs> you about to dive in. Defensive ends are rare because you're either, if you're a defensive end, they treat, try, treat you as a D-tackle. And if you're, you know, a D-tackle, then you're not on the edge. Defensive ends are the defensive end more times than not. But now you have edge. And edge, like an outside linebacker, he doesn't do what we do. They may drop more too, though. The quote-unquote zone drop. Drop off three. They have fun. I like playing. I like playing outside linebacker. It's it's fun. You know how much energy you save not pl playing outside linebacker when you're a Jack or a Will. Like I have got so much more energy. You know how much more energy it takes to to split a double team over tackling a guard versus a tight end and a tight end. Four hundred pound difference there. <laughs> Susie, what you say? I was gonna say, is that like the new way for like outside linebackers though? Because like Micah Parsons, is that the trend now? No, because I mean. Before Micah, there was Shaq Barrett. Before Shaq, like there's always going to be an, an explosive edge. Vaughn, Vaughn's the the prototype of an edge because he's been doing it for 13 years and hasn't lost a step. Typically, when, when you see your edge guys lose a step, they're not the same anymore. Defensive ends, they've always had that skill set. Well, you said TJ's, TJ's more of a DN. Okay. TJ is the epitome of an edge guy. There's a reason why the Steelers, like Steelers, have three sacks from TJ and then 300 yards on the ground without Cam Hayward there. Like they, nobody ever. Been, but we don't talk about it because your sexy stat is your sacks, your pressures. You know that's the sexy stat. 
they're not holding no edge. Like they're shooting a gap. They're swimming underneath. They're not punishing offensive linemen. They have. They, we don't even have the same mentality. So a lot of the defensive end stats don't. Show no, it's up. just yeah. I mean, it's you, our our lane is is collude is colluded. It's tainted, if you shall. Like you know, because it used to be your all pro defensive ends. And then it became, you know, that was the when defensive ends and defensive tackles used to fight. Like, yo, I'm a D tackle, but I move out to the five. That doesn't make me a D tackle. I'm really, or it doesn't make me an end. I'm just a D tackle. And then somewhere in there, it's like the outside linebackers became edge rushers. So like uh, Demarcus Ware. Yep. He was a outside. linebacker, but he was a he was a he was a rushing linebacker. Correct. So how does he? How does somebody like that quantify? When more times than not, he's got his hand in the ground, but he's got his hand in the ground. Older him, right? Now, younger him, outside linebacker. Older him, more of a defensive end, more of a, you know. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Think about it. I'm entering my annoying phase. I'm about to get, I'm about to get tired. All right, we're gonna wrap it up. Thank you for tuning in to Off the Edge with Cam Jordan. Go ham, Cam, Cam J, Killer Cam. There's a lot of you know nicknames out in the football world about me. Probably not, but I just made those up. I just want to appreciate you guys for tuning in. And, you know, maybe ask you guys to spread the word about this wonderful podcast. My people's putting this together. Give us a five-star rating. Leave a review. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, wherever you get your podcasts. I appreciate you guys so much for tuning in. Off the Edge with Cam. Thank you. I'm out. I'm tired. I got to go try and win. We're gone.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.